Hey guys, doing another interruption to give you an update on where we're going to be doing our panels for the Fan Expo that's coming up this weekend. Yeah, we just wanted to drop some exciting news on all of you for anyone in Denver or planning to attend the Denver Fan Expo July 1st through the 3rd. We will be there participating in some literary panel discussions and doing a live recording. So we wanted to share this information with you and you can come and watch us on any of these panel discussions or stop us in the hall if you see us and say hi yeah (laughs) so friday night july 1st we're going to be doing a discussion at 6 30 p.m called romance books what are readers looking for in mainstream romance and then immediately after that at 7 30 we're going to be on a panel called modern romances not what your mother used to read and then saturday at 2 30 p.m we'll be on a panel for series romances keeping readers engaged for the long haul And then for our last panel at 4.30 on Saturday, it's going to be genre jumping. How do you keep your readers loyal when writing in multiple genres? So just keep following the schedules. The room numbers could change, but we'll try to keep you guys posted as much as we can. Yes, our social media will have all of this information on it. And don't forget, we are also doing our live episode recording on Saturday at noon on the creator stage. We'll be joined by Bernadette Marie for not typical episode. We won't be reviewing a book, but we'll be discussing the state of romances, paranormal romances, and kind of where we see it going in the future. Mm Mm-hmm. We're excited for that. We're nervous about it. But we hope that you guys can come out and, you know, show some support. Maybe meet us. We're going to have a bucket full of swag. So we'll give you some free stuff if you come by. Exactly. See, we have free (laughs) stuff as a treat. Also, not just these, but any of the other panels, especially the romance authors are doing, Mm -hmm. or just any authors, I strongly recommend supporting those. You know how important reading is to us. But also just authors love meeting fans and Mm -hmm. people who know their work and talking about it and we really want to make this successful we want to encourage the continuation of the literary track at the fan expo and other conventions like this so if this is the only reason you go join our club because that's the only reason we go exactly (laughs) all right hopefully we'll see you guys there in just a few days in the meantime just enjoy this episode thanks Welcome to We're Reading Dirty Books. This is Kalina. And this is Selat. We're just happy to have you back with us this week as we investigate, what? No. (laughs) We have investigated a book. As we (laughs) read and review a new paranormal romance novel for you guys. You guys haven't heard about our new podcast, The The Mysteries (laughs) of Denver. It's a true crime book (laughs) podcast. We investigate book crimes. Crimes in sexy novel books where we actually don't talk about the crimes. We just talk about the sex. (laughs) But you know how popular true crime is. We got to shoehorn our way into that category somehow. We got to try to get up there somewhere with the big boys. So, or the big players, I should say. Yeah. But yeah, welcome to us. Thank you for coming back to We're Reading Dirty Books. And, uh, hey, uh, I'm good. You good? Sure. We're good? I mean, yeah. yeah. Whatever. Yeah, sure. Whatever. <laughs> Look, you guys, it's June right now for you guys. Sure. I know it's miserably hot. Maybe. I could already feel it. Sure it is. I mean, it's that's gotta true. It's gotta be. I bet you hasn't rained ever. I bet you it's dry and hot and we're dying of dust. Oh, maybe this is what we should do is predict Predict what it's like. <laughs> <laughs> so this is 
coming out June, what, 29th or something? The end of June. The end of June. We, okay, my prediction is that it's hot and stupid. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and I bet fuck. you, I bet you some shit's on fire. Oh, yes. Yes, half our state. Already on fire. <laughs> yeah, if not a third of it. Yeah. It's already. Well, already you know, half fire. is a bigger than a third, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was trying to make it smaller. Oh, okay, okay. You know, I didn't want the fires to be big. <laughs> maybe, maybe only a third, not half yet. Yes. Just a third. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so that's our predictions. Hope you guys are cool. enjoying that. <laughs> yes. So either that or there's seven feet of snow. We'll Ooh, figure it out. I would appreciate yeah. that. In Which I will take. I'll take that. <laughs> you and I would be like, yeah, yeah. Yes. The two people in Colorado, best, you and I. Best June ever. <laughs> the fucking greatest (laughs) seven foot snow all right i've got a quickie for you yes all right in light of this book it's sort of around the theme of this but what is your favorite cult classic like movie yeah movie i mean a lot of them stem from books and stuff too but like uh you know like a yeah just a a series oh so like pop culture classic yeah yeah Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm I don't have a very strong fandom association with anything. I've read almost <laughs> all of it or watched it, you know, and I enjoy it. But yeah. I'm always intimidated by true, honest fandoms because they know too fucking much. I guess the Way closest would much. probably be Harry Potter. I think I have the most incense knowledge there. I've read the books like eight times and or more. That's not even close to the number I've read them. Yeah. <laughs> Especially once you add in audiobooks. Yes. Um, I was just going to say that. <laughs> and the number of times I've seen the movies. So that would probably be the closest to like my my truth, like where I belong in terms of fandom world. But yeah, my like cult classic favorite movie ever, and it's not a series or anything, is Fifth mm-hmm. Element. Mm. I will watch Fifth Element a million times, like back to back. It's the fucking best. I love that movie. It's the best thing ever created. <laughs> it's yeah. So good. Okay, cool. I have to agree with you there with, with Harry Potter. Yeah. I don't know anything about Star Trek. I know dick about it. Nothing. I know nothing about it. I saw Star it. Star Wars. <laughs> is a, I didn't even see it. Like, I have no idea. <laughs> but in Star Wars, I don't know anything about it. I haven't even seen all those movies, so I don't, I can't pretend like I know. I love the Lord of the Rings, but again, there are so many people that know so much more than oh. I do. Game of Thrones, you know, all of that. Harry Potter is one of those books that once I did get it on audio, I would listen to it over. I would oh, start it from so one, good. end at seven, and start one again. Yep. Jim Dale is one of the most incredible narrators ever, and he was just fucking fantastic. And that, he was actually the reason why I kept going back, because I loved listening to him. That and I love the stories. Yeah. No, he, he does a brilliant damn job. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that'd be the closest. I could, you know, really count on my knowledge that if anyone ever at, put me in a trivia contest for Harry Potter, I'd feel okay. The other ones, yeah. I'd be like, I know things <laughs> sure i'd be more confident with harry potter but i don't know a lot <laughs> my favorite cult classic would be the boondock saints ah yes that's a classic you know if we're yeah. gonna talk about like like just one-off like movies that yes. become really popular and are like mm-hmm. rewatched multiple times yeah that one's a good one yeah. too that one's fucking good i do love that one so well cool all, all right, right guys well on to our book we read wolf gone wild by juliet cross Narrated by Joanna Fairview and the fucking sexiest voice in the goddamn world, (laughs) you guys. Mr. Aiden Snow. Jesus fucking Christ. Guys, we have an update about the podcast. (laughs) 
We're going to change the podcast, and now we're just going to listen to Aiden Snow books and That's just gonna drool on you. Just, <laughs> just, we're just going to drool. We're going to slurp. Or I'm going to have to go squish my pants. Yeah, a lot of squishes happening. Oh, my God, that man's pants. voice. If you have not had an audio book read by Aiden Snow... Uh, you need to rectify that right now. <laughs> you need to. I mean, he's done 377 guys... books on Audible, so you could find one. You could find them at your library, I'm sure. So a lot of libraries mm-hmm. have that Libby program where you can check out mm-hmm. audiobooks. Go to a used bookstore and pick up a fucking CD copy. I'm sure of something he's read and yeah. uh, listen to it cuz shit. This dude. It is fucking worth it. Oof. If you if you guys didn't listen to it with us to while we're reviewing You're just this book. Making choices that are bad. <laughs> terrible choices terrible we're giving you advice and you're going to fucking thank us for it oh so 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 good now back to regular sketch and programming (laughs) (laughs) which is let's talk about the book and not oh yeah not just aiden and his voice god damn his voice okay so wolf gone wild is the first book in the stay a spell series by juliet cross which i think last episode i kind of mentioned how i saw this cover like a couple years ago or whatever on instagram and immediately was intrigued at first i love the title the kind of you know play on word title and the cover's really cutesy it's it's what is being called in romance a discreet cover Mm -hmm. so there's kind of a shift in some romances away from the more obvious romance cover of like the half naked buff dude and they're moving into more what they're calling discreet covers that are just covers with like flowers or houses and with like Mm -hmm. or even maybe cartoon like character like drawings drawings. not Mm -hmm. cartoons but draw like hand drawn yeah uh characters instead of shapes and lines whimsical things so anyway that's so it is a it's a discreet cover it's really pretty like little witch you know like magic looking symbols and stuff it's very pretty um so i I put it on our list immediately i knew i was was drawn to it and now we've read it and i was like god damn it i knew it this book is great thank you (laughs) thank you oh my god it's so fucking good it would have been worth it just to hear aiden talk anyway but the story was fucking great it was such a beautiful story we have another of our new favorites now set in new orleans Because apparently is. the best series we read are set oh in God. New Orleans in some way, shape, or form. It just seems whether it's just... Mystic Bayou or this. So this is yeah. this is set in New Orleans, and the main characters are a witch coven run by six sisters, the Savoy mm-hmm. sisters, and they're in charge of all of supernaturals in New Orleans. They kind of make sure they follow the rules and aren't, you know, out there just drinking humans without consent or killing people or using magic as harm so there's witches there's werewolves there's vampires there's grims which we know not too much about but are super interesting and i can't wait to find out more yes (laughs) we will get there yes um at some point and i don't know if there's other things other than that those are the ones we've kind of discussed so far in this vampires witches grims yeah i mean one of them made a comment that unicorns weren't real so so there's not (laughs) unicorns But anyway, uh, there's the, so there's the Savoy sisters. They're known around town as, you know, the coven with the magic and all of that. Uh, Mateo Cruz is a werewolf in New Orleans. He has a studio where he is a metal artist, a sculptor, and sounds like he makes beautiful stuff. Uh-huh. But he's got a problem. He has not been able to shift into his wolf form for the past two months. And he's really starting to lose his shit because his wolf is now like talking 
talking to him and like pissed off about everything and wants to kill a bunch of people and like fuck a bunch (laughs) of ladies and he's just really in his head about some shit and so he thinks he's been hexed he's he's like this is not natural it's not like you know sometimes wolves will have their werewolves will have their wolf side go dormant but they're usually very very old (laughs) and they go quiet this guy's not quiet. Alpha in his head is not taking this lying down, and he has a lot to say about shit. Yeah. So Mateo seeks out Evie, who is the second of the Savoy sisters and is known to be a hex breaker. She has a perfect record, 100%. Hex is broken. <laughs> she will uh-huh. fix you if she can, right? Well, turns out there's a small problem. Uh, the Savoy sisters do not work with werewolves. It's a uh-huh. rule that I can't tell exactly where the rule's coming from. At first, I thought maybe it was like ancestral, but uh-huh. now it's ha- kind of seems to be her older sister, Jules, just thinks they shouldn't yeah. work with werewolves. So he shows up. He's like practically crying because he's like, I need help. And she's yeah. like, whoa, this big ass, like he's six, seven or something stupid, you know, and <laughs> like all of them. <laughs> yes. And he and he's just like and she's like as they're talking at first and she's like this guy doesn't even know how to beg for help and then he like pleads for help and she's like oh yes. I was wrong <laughs> <laughs> he is literally begging me <sighs> so as a surprise to Evie like Jules listens to her says this does seem like a problem he does seem out of control like he could be a danger to people if we can't yes. help him uh-huh. so she agrees to help him so now they're taking their time they got to figure out what this hex is because it doesn't feel right to Evie it kind of feels unusual it's not a standard hex she can't get at the magic it's blocking her it's like it's like it's a living being of of a spell as opposed to something she can really control so over the course of time uh you know of course in Mateo's head Alpha's real fucking into Evie (laughs) he takes one look at her and is like make the witch ours (laughs) we will fuck the wolf (laughs) or the witch anyway yeah yeah. (laughs) and Mateo realizes that every time he's around Evie and especially if she touches him Alpha gets real quiet so (laughs) he's not not as distracting he's not all up in his head like yelling at him to go do things you you know to go find women or to beat guys up and so he asks evie if while they're working on the spell thing if she will spend more time with him because Mm -hmm. he has work to do he has all this sculpting and in this world werewolves are actually very artistic they all have like part of their magic includes like kind of a muse Mm -hmm. so most of them are are artsy in some way and he can't access his muse while alpha's talking in his head the whole time <laughs> so they spend a lot of time together and he's making beautiful art and they're getting to know each other and there's definitely sparks and things uh-huh. kind of start moving in that direction even though a couple of times different things come up like you know at first they think maybe he was hexed by an ex-girlfriend or something and he's all like no I don't have any real you know ex-girlfriends I never let any women get close to me I'm a lone wolf women don't stand a chance with me and like Evie's all like well that was some fucked up shit I don't want to hear Mm, yeah it doesn't so, give her much confidence in the relationship arena nope and so you know they kind of waffle back and forth between whether they're going to be friends or whether they're going to do anything more than that um she can't make up her mind she decides she'd rather have friendship with him than just a couple of months of fun sex and then be discarded so she yeah. kind of going well let's not do this and then he they have an incident at a 
car or at a at a what a comic book store no, no what are you talking about? the voodoo festival they're at a festival oh, yeah. on on halloween yes. and there's an incident uh-huh. in a hollow or a haunted house which almost pushes everything too far mm-hmm. and it turns out she's not scared of his wolf so she's kind of like oh, i can handle this yeah um they try to do the spell break or the hex breaking ceremony and it doesn't work the first time and it actually almost causes him to lose his control and wolf out on evie Hurt on evie yeah um but afterwards they're all very lovey touchy feely on each other for a while and then eventually because it's a romance book they fuck (laughs) they realize more but they don't fuck right away they kind of go on some dates they talk about it and he's just like look i think we should do this i think we should date i'm into you and they do that and then they do eventually fuck and it's fucking good And then the lady who put the hex on him shows up and is trying to use him to kill Evie because taking a righteous man and turning him against a woman he loves is a super powerful blood spell and will Mm -hmm. give her partial immortality. It'll give her like a couple hundred more years of life and she's already like way older than she should because she keeps doing this. Yes. So naturally she uh, gets bitch slapped by some witches. (laughs) Yeah, she does. Fucking Jules is like, you fucking with my sisters? Oh, yeah. I'll fuck you up. Don't fuck with Jules. Um, yeah. And then uh, basically that cures Mateo of his uh, hex. And mm-hmm. he and Evie uh, are free to pursue a continued relationship. And uh, flash forward to a year later, they're still happy. They're much, much happy. Yes. And we, and we mustn't it. forget the very f- most favorite part for Kalina. And that is there's no such thing as immortality in this book. No. They not live a couple hundred even years. The vampires are immortal. Not even the va- yeah. Not even them. They die. They're they're old. They're old as shit. But they're old they as don't shit. live forever either. And I was they like, do not. Good on you, book. Hell yeah. Oh, there were so many different things that were Juliet turned fucking flipped the trope upside down. And it's amazing. Like, for instance, Evie is 38 years old. Yeah. She's not 23 years old. Nope. You know, she's a, she's not a 22 year old virgin. No, we're getting like more older, more mature mm-hmm. main characters kind of at our fucking age. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Exactly. And that's fun. And you know, she's had her her experiences. She Mm -hmm. has exes. She has one in particular, Derek, who's recently done her the most psychological damage. He's kind of an asshole and super asshole. She's kind of carrying around some of that pain and hurt still. Then Mateo helps helps her move past Mm -hmm. it. And but yeah, she's not a a child. She knows where she's going and what she wants. She just needs to get a little bit of uh, courage back and and, and go for it. And she does in this book. Yeah. And she's not written super mature. I mean, she's like, not that she's immature. No. But she's into like Comic-Con and she's perfectly nerdy. And and yes, she's very beautiful it's endearing as shit and she like jumps up and dances and wears graphic tees and just it's just a normal a normal part like i don't think that many 30 to 40 38 to 40 year olds are written this hyper not hyper but just normal like i think well that's still we do i think what's happening is our generation and maybe it happened in previous generations i think they thought they had to grow up or Mm. be like there's a certain age at which you can no longer be a certain way right how many things have we been told when we were younger like well when you're older you won't want to do that anymore and you won't won't want to yeah. dress like that anymore you won't want to you know mm-hmm. but it turns out if you like something and you keep doing it even when you're 40 that's okay too like there's hey. no harm unless it harms people don't harm other people but as long as you're sure. not causing harm then that shit's great like yeah. it wasn't all that long ago i forget 
eh, maybe it was a couple years now, but when I showed up to one of like the birthday parties or something and I was dressed the same as a 12-year-old girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. You guys were wearing the same outfit. I remember that. The black sparkly skirt and the green cardigan it was at, with the it was at ballet M's flats. House. And I was like, oh my God, I dressed like a 12-year-old. <laughs> and I was like, man, it's fucking great. <laughs> I love it. I, that's I exactly like, or it. she's dressed like a 30 year old we just yeah. don't know <laughs> we have no idea it sort of reminds me of those those pictures that you see of elderly people who have had tattoos their entire life and were told that they would regret it and they look fucking amazing oh yeah you know all kinds of stuff i think it's just becoming increasingly easy now or not easy but just more common to see mm-hmm. older adults living life the way they want to and not trying to abide by societal rules of like well at yeah. this point in my life i'm only allowed to wear beige suits and cut my hair short and you know yeah, like exactly i have to be this cookie cutter idea of what a 40 year old is and it's like no yeah. i get to be me and if that means you know sparkly skirts and cardigans then that's fucking what it is or in evie's case graphic yeah. tees with deadpool on them and yes. you know skinny jeans don't take my skinny jeans bitches i will come for you <laughs> gen z if you try to take my skinny jeans we're fucking wearing up i will I die in my skinny <laughs> jeans <laughs> hell yeah you can't take that away from us no but i love that i love that she flipped that and that was just it was so acceptable and and so fucking cute and and even for mateo like he's a wolf but he's a lone wolf he doesn't run with the pack in fact in this world most wolves don't werewolves mm-hmm. are loners they're the least well integrated of all the um supernatural beings well they're kind of considered dangerous no one really knows about them and they tend to be isolated and, and lone individuals yeah the only ones that tend to run in packs are criminals which give the rest of them bad names so mm-hmm. if you do meet a werewolf pack it is usually a bunch of uh drug, drug runners or, or, or yeah. <laughs> a gang of some sort gang of some up sort to no good so they're not great um but the lone wolves are pretty cool mm-hmm. mateo's pretty fucking cool oh my god who was in your head when you were thinking about this i, I don't even a couple of different people the first one obviously was henry cavill but he's in my head all the time anyway i couldn't i couldn't do it anymore but then i started, i went to alcide from true blood who is like a million feet tall oh yeah it's okay super beautiful i don't usually put real people on ours that's right you don't i don't i, do. I know i just yeah. see i see them and they're not even all that well defined like they mm-hmm. don't have the best of faces but you know it's because you can't as apparently as humans we're not very good at creating completely firm scratch faces mentally i believe that we can really like piece together ones we've seen like people we've seen and faces and I, you know things we are familiar with but creating a whole face from scratch is not the brain yeah. doesn't do that very well so i usually just get like i got the feeling of his hair and his his skin tone because he, he's he's hispanic and and he's just this tall muscled man with longer mm-hmm. dark hair he was gorgeous yeah just fucking beautiful and he was well mannered like he wasn't an asshole like we typically have with wolves Ugh. now at f- alpha who is his inner wolf that's his name mm-hmm. alpha. Uh, was really aggressive and brazen at first and you're just kind of like god damn it it's one of those aggressors again but then you get to know this fucker and love him <laughs> well and i, <laughs> and I love him so oh much. i love him so much too and i think part of the reason he is so aggressive and talks the way he can because he's not he doesn't he can't access the outside world he can't right. shift so he doesn't have control of the body ever mm-hmm. so he's just in there rambling at mateo and he can be extra you know vulgar or violent or aggressive yes. because it doesn't actually matter mateo's in control mateo's like dude shut the fuck up i'm talking yeah. to somebody <laughs> 
<laughs> and Not so, now. And so Alpha just sits there just like, but when I want blood. <laughs> you know. Kill it. Kill the zombie demon cat. <laughs> He's so funny. <laughs> I mean, I, there's like two times that he does actually end up getting control. And even in those times, it turns out he's still got manners. You know, he's, he's <laughs> intense, but he doesn't I mean, go too yes, far. you're right. I don't, he grabs. Yeah, I know. <laughs> in the haunted house. The haunted house was rough. Between the legs. So, but like, she never said no. She was she just like, in fact, she, she, even in her own head, was like, I'm really into this in a way that yes, I don't think she I should did. be. <laughs> she did think that. Because if she had said no, I would have had a harder time with that scene. But she yeah. never really was like, no, I don't want to do this. She was just like, oh, are we, what? Oh. This is, yes. <laughs> yeah. Which, I mean, it was a bad idea in the beginning. You can't, don't go into the haunted house. It's going to trigger the wolf, <laughs> the inner wolf. <laughs> yeah. So they're at that festival and like a friend of his talks him into going to this haunted house. He's been kind of on edge for a while and like. You know, his wolf comes out, like or not comes out, but like uh, there was an incident where they were at her house and, and a cat and a rooster kind of like run through the living room because the, the rooster's chasing the cat and he just like grabs Evie and like hides her behind him and is like growling yes. at the animals because it's, it's a fucking rooster and a cat. And the cat, by the way, is like 30 fucking years old. He's 30 years old and the rooster's wearing clothes, I think. Like, yeah. <laughs> Because these witches uh, use a little bit of their power on their pets, and now the, yeah. they don't die. So it's a little yeah. bit problematic for the poor animals. But, uh, I mean, yeah. he, he's so startled by something so small and insignificant, it's a fucking rooster. Yeah. So they decide to go in this haunted house, and I'm just sitting there going, well, that's not going to work out very well for anybody. No. <laughs> this is not going to turn out. Well, I for sure thought some teenager in a costume was going to lose their arms oh, or something. Oh, uh, 100% thought he was going to rip. <laughs> uh-huh. the head off of a poor teenager who just like jumped out and scared Evie or something. <laughs> but he didn't. He actually held his cool he through didn't. at least a good chunk of it up until they get to the room that has werewolves in it. So oh, it, oh, yeah. It's just a bunch of actors playing werewolves, obviously, but they're just howling. Say, in the back. And he starts like ready to fight some werewolves and she has to be like, Alpha, they're not werewolves, they're buddy. <laughs> they are not real, dude. Smell them. They're fucking kids. <laughs> So he calms down, a, he gets down a skosh from there, and they're trying to get out, and then they get stuck in a coffin, because the very end of the haunted mm-hmm. house is a big, giant, person-sized coffin. Well, I guess coffins are person-sized, aren't they? <laughs> Slightly bigger, though, because there's two people in it, and he's not small. <laughs> That's right. I think it was described as a large, upright coffin. <laughs> But anyway, it looks like an arch or something. You start to walk through it, and then, yes. of course, you get closed in from both sides. And then they run around banging on the, the box and making noise and trying to scare you, whatever. Well, instead of being scary, <laughs> Alpha Ugh. is a little bit too turned on to be in such close confines with uh, Evie. Yeah. So he gets well, a little her, handsy. Her backside was to his front side. Yeah. Was she described as curvy? Or curvy. Did, I, did I... Like, she had curves. She has curves, but... yeah. But I don't think we're calling her, like, one of our curves. No heroines. Yeah, not yeah, like eighties. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, you know she's backed up against him, and he's like, okay, and comes over. That's one of the scenes where he takes over. Yeah, and whispers things in it. Aiden whispers things in her ear, in my ear, in everybody's ear, and I just—I mean, it's one of those things. She just rewind thirty seconds back. 
30 seconds oh. and listen over and over. Why? How? How is that? How do you have such a sexy voice? Do you I train? don't know. Is it natural? God given. Is it drink <laughs> tea? What is it? Touched by God. <laughs> You will have the sexiest voice known sexiest to womankind. <laughs> this dude's beautiful. voice just oh, and the, he does two voices. He, you know, he does Mateo, and then he does Alpha, and Alpha's is mm-hmm. deeper and gravelier. And fuck me, oh my God. <laughs> they're both just straight so conduit to both of them. The nether yes. regions just they it hit is. you right there. <laughs> it goes from the ear balls <laughs> to the to- lady balls. To the lady balls and touches like touches the nips them. and the belly button and stuff on the way down. Like it touches it's it just all. There. And, and then it goes and then it makes your fucking toes curl. Oh. Like head to toe, you guys. <laughs> yeah, head to toe. Not even fucking kidding. When it's I, ridiculous. When I started this in I was at work and oh. the <laughs> first time he started talking, I was like NSW. Shit, this isn't gonna go well. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I can't concentrate for shit while he's talking. I can't do any work. Nope. I have to put this down and go back to it when I have time or I'm at home. <laughs> I was up till 2.30 this morning listening to it. Oh, no. And then I had to finish it early this morning. I had an hour left this morning before we started recording. I had three hours left, so I got up at 6. <laughs> <laughs> and I just listened to it in bed. <laughs> yeah it was the most beautiful way to wake up (laughs) i was like oh because i think i was right i was right at the sex scene oh i had ended it right as they were leaving the ball Mm -hmm. the cocktail party and i kind of was like i know what's coming but it's already like 11 or something at night and i was like all right you can't stop it in the middle no and i was like i'm gonna put this off and we'll do this in the morning Mm -hmm. (laughs) whereas i stayed up We have listened to. We are not similar in our our sleep patterns. (laughs) I was like, well, who needs sleep? Four hours sounds good. (laughs) It is not, guys. Please don't do that. Listen to Aiden, but get more than four hours of sleep. That's my PSA for the day. Yeah. So part of what I really loved about this book is it didn't follow a standard trope with who the bad guy was. Oh, yeah. So for most of the book, actually up until the last, I don't know what hour, 25 minutes. 30 minutes. 30 minutes minutes? we don't know who caused this hex yeah he doesn't know he doesn't have a list of people who might be mad at him he hasn't really done anything he's only been in new orleans a couple of years it seems like you know so hayden has no idea or not hayden mateo Ooh, (laughs) i don't know who's who anymore (laughs) but mateo doesn't know and the witches are, you know, they try, they're trying to get him to like name somebody or like give him some idea because they would, it would be easier for him to break it if they could kind of figure out who had done it and why, what the motivation is and what the purpose of it is. Cause they still don't mm-hmm. even know what the purpose of the spell is. They kind of figured out that blocking his wolf was almost secondary. There's another thing that's going on, but they aren't sure what. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, no, I don't have a lot of exes and I never let anyone get close because I don't trust myself or, you know, his wolf. And he yeah. He doesn't want to have to explain being a wolf and all of this shit. And there is a couple, like he does mention an ex-girlfriend a couple of times. You know, he says she's just a meek, quiet lady and she's moved on and has a new boyfriend. But you never know if the book's going to go that way or not. I don't remember what her name was. And then there's also, he has an assistant at the gallery where all of his artwork is shown. And then he also shows other artists can rent space there to show their art. And that her name is Missy. And he's, from the first time she's introduced, he's like, I 
figured out real early on that she has a bit of a crush on me, so I try to keep it professional. And mm-hmm. but even in that first couple scenes, like she's definitely crushing on Mateo. Oh yeah. And then there's a a scene later on where she's helping. She's helping him with like tearing down the booth or something, and and, he, it, and yeah. he wants to make sure she's got it. And she's like, "Don't I take care of everything, Mateo? I always take care of everything." Yeah. And it was really like, uh-oh. what was the first time he, she called him Mateo? Because she's always called him Mr. Cruz. Exactly. And I, as soon as that happened, I was like, "That's it. She's the witch. She's the one, or you know, she's the cursor I, or the hexer." Oh, I was really worried about that too. I was I like, was "Oh, too. fuck! It's gonna be Misty, or it's gonna I be some other girl her. who thought that she was in love with him and now is but punishing him." And yeah. I was just kind of bummed that that's where I thought it was gonna go. I was like, "No." Yeah. I mean, I hate the crazy ex-girlfriend trope. I just it pisses me off because most like ninety-eight percent of the time, a lot of them are. They're not crazy men behave badly and then don't like it when women are like upset about their bad behavior and they're like man my bitch is crazy no you're a cheating asshole and she yelled at you for it because she's every fucking right to anyway uh, <laughs> it's so, a hard it's a hard trip to follow it sucks because i just don't want women to be problematic like labeled that, you know? like that. Mm-hmm. labeled like that or turned into the bad guy for things that are not Anyway, yeah. well, it wasn't. It wasn't, it wasn't any her. of those. It wasn't Missy. We were, we were. She's still around and she's cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we never see the ex-girlfriend. She's not even a part of it because she's not that nope. upset. She has moved on with her life and she's happy. Mm-hmm. We don't know. It's fine. It's just this lady who's his a business witch. Partner. Well, yes, she is his business partner. Or but, her. but that was intentional on her part. Not yes. like she she chose to because as soon as she met him, she pinned him as the next person she was going to use in her life prolonging spell Mm -hmm. so she's been manipulating him from the very beginning since he got to new orleans yeah he thought she was a friend and she's not but they never had a relationship or anything so there's no there's no like well you scorned me so now i'm gonna kill you kind of thing nothing like that it's no she was she's just a crazy witch who wants to live forever that's all she wanted (laughs) she just wanted and then found the opportunity with uh because at the end he delivers a sculpture that she'd requested from him of is this one a mermaid with evie's face no it's just evie it's just Evie, right? Mm-hmm. It's just Evie. And uh, she makes a comment saying, I knew that you would make it after the woman that, you, that you're that you starting to see and then whispers something really, what did she whisper? Something about, I knew you used magic to do, I don't remember, but that was when Matea was like, okay, something's up. Something's <laughs> weird. Because yeah, she basically admitted to knowing he's magical, like he's, his, he's a creature and he never, like he didn't think she knew that because he's a werewolf and he didn't think she was anything because she's that kind of, she's the, a special kind of witch that can mask her presence as a witch. So that's why even though um, Evie had met her twice, she never twinged to the fact that she was a witch. Yeah, she needs some type of like glamour or block or ward or something. It's it's her specialty in magic. mm -hmm. is making people not see or think things that she wants them to think. Yeah. So, but yeah, I really appreciated that because I just, you know, Mm -hmm. I was loving this book so much and I was like, man, it's going to be a bummer when they kill his ex-girlfriend or they kill Missy. Kill Missy. We and didn't want Missy to we die. We didn't. And they didn't even kill this lady. They just, Jewel showed up, sucked all her power out. So instead of being like a, you know, perfect yeah. couple hundred year old witch like she was, she ended up just being an old lady. And then she's probably going to die now because she has no magic to sustain her life.
life. So Yeah, I imagined it to be sort of kind of like at the end of Tangled, where Mother Gothel just kind of, uh, after the hair is cut out. I've and not then she seen loses- the movie. Oh, you haven't seen it. Well, she lives for a very long time, very young too. And then okay. loses the magic. But then she gets old like instantaneously and just dissipates. Yeah, I think exactly. She just grows old because she's mm-hmm. been using magic to keep herself young. So, yeah. so that was neat. I really appreciated that. Yeah, I love this and book. And then, yeah, no, there's a good fingering scene. There's a very good, I was really hoping for a blowjob scene. We didn't get one, but that's okay. And a masturbation scene because there was lots of tension. I can't fucking- believe we didn't get him masturbating. I like I, I he, every so morning bad. he wakes up with morning wood because he's so pent up because of this wolf thing and this hex thing. And yeah. Alpha's talking about and it all the time. EV and I'm thing? like, just go in, like, just show us. Just Can you just let's tell see us? It. And he does not masturbate. Why doesn't Eden tell us what's going on? I don't know. I have to say, in all the books, like I, you know, I've loved so many of the books we've read, and I love different chemistry of different characters, or this guy, or, you know, like that relationship, or this or that. I have never been so fucking jealous of a the entirety from how they like meet to start dating the whole fucking thing is perfect it the is relationship it's goddamn perfect mm-hmm. from day one of them hanging out to like when they go to he takes he, she takes him to a comic book store and introduces him to comics because she's really into pop culture and stuff and and realizes he hasn't seen any of this or he's seen one star wars maybe <laughs> yeah as he put it, as he's like, I saw it once, I think. And she's like, what? <laughs> There's like nine movies. She wouldn't movies. accept it. You can't just see it um, So, th- you know, so then she shows him Star Wars and he takes her to a comic book themed restaurant. Yeah. And they dance and like every single fucking scene and date is like, and they're teasing each other. And like she kind of plays into it and then all of a sudden realizes that he's too good. Like he's he's more serious. Just, yes. And she, he'll tease her farther than she's come she's like oh shit no i was i was playing oh shit you took it serious Mm -hmm. and it's just i I want i want this relationship i want i want mateo yes (laughs) i want this so badly i was like insanely and we don't get sex for a chunk of this book and it was oh yeah i was no i think it was like two hours left we finally got something we got a little like he 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 fingered her not too. I don't know. It was after they had done the, the first the hex hex break. Thing. The first time they the, tried to break the hex. Yeah, and then they they took him. Well, she they took him home. So Jules and Evie helped carrying them up, and she kept him in his room. And then in that morning, that's yeah, when that happened. Or that yeah, yeah it was I in think the morning. Was the morning. No, no, it was at night before because he woke up and that's she was like right. not able to sleep, and he's like, "I'll help you sleep." Yes, let that's me, what it was. Let me give you a little something, something. Mm-hmm. So. No, it was fucking beautiful. And I just, I seriously, it's perfect. This is written exactly how I want a relationship to go. Absolutely. And not only the relationship, but even the storyline, because sometimes you get ones that are just way too much and includes things that you don't need to do. Like, like maybe the voodoo show that they, you know, that festival that they went Mm -hmm, to. mm -hmm. I could see that not being part of, but it actually introduces you to Alpha coming out for the very first time. Alpha comes out for the first time. They see Beryl, who is another witch. who is a fortune teller and so she tells Evie some she reads her fortune for her and kind of gives her some advice 
not great news. Like, like, be careful. This could go either way. I mean, it's hard yeah. to tell in fortune cards. You know, you never know. But then she also ended up giving her that tea that really does help her in the end. It's just, I, I just want, I, oh my God, it's such a good courtship. It's really good. It's a beautiful story written really well. And it's so mutual. Like, and mutually respectful. Yes. Like, at, they both are interested, but neither one assumes the other is and doesn't push it in an, any way that's yeah. like really... Oh. And they like pretty much both say they love you at the same time, practically. I mean, it's they just. Do. And they recognize the friendship, which I think is really important oh. in a relationship is they, they recognize the friendship first and talking about being good friends or I don't even know if they use the word best friends or not, but I just. They do it's, eventually. It's great. But I think it's like that first time they're watching Star Wars and he does get a little weird because he starts getting a little too horny and then he decides yeah. he should leave. Um, and so it's a little awkward at the end, but she's like, it's okay, Mateo, we're friends. And he gets so happy to be called her friend and he's just like we're yes. friends oh okay it's just not some like normally it's like well i don't want to be your friend i want to be your lover and then it becomes contentious and it's like you start off as friends he's so just be friends to be her he's friend so happy he's the greatest guy i fuck he's one of my top oh, i just fucking love him might be my new favorite we have had a problem liking wolves and he we- is we found him. Yeah, because aside from him, we had one other wolf we've only kind of liked. <laughs> and it was Patricia's wolf who wasn't like the gl- shift in water, right? A shift in water, which he was a great, like we loved that book. I thought that was really good. And he was a oh, good yeah. wolf. He wasn't, he didn't follow that normal toxic trope of a wolf. No. But there's something about Mateo that's just so fucking. He's my favorite know. wolf. He is one of my favorites. And he might, he might be taking place of my favorite man. He might might take Berg's place because you know how much I love Berg. Oh shit, that's that's crazy. Yeah, I know, Berg right? Great. But I really like he's so fucking supportive. Okay, we can get into that now about how. So part of Evie's hangup is not even a hangup per se, just the thing that you know she struggles with because people, yeah. she's human, right? People struggle, even witches. Is she's always been into comic books? She's always been really into that scene and she's had an idea or thought you know maybe that she could do it that she'd draw and write her own stuff and and draw her own books and so she started doing that while she was with her ex Derek a while ago and he never supported it Mm -mm. he just kind of like well you're not all that good of a drawer like as she was starting and learning a technique and learning the the software because she's using Mm -hmm. a, a tablet and stylus you know software and then he starts, you know, putting down the way she dresses and, and really expecting her to, to grow up and, and be, cause he's, his goal as he's a new witch in town to New Orleans. He wants to meet all of the higher ups and he wants to rise among the ranks of the witches and the, the power brokers within New Orleans. And he's a, he's in his, when she meets him, he's going to school to get his, a, P, a doctor, right? He's becoming a doctor. Mm-hmm. So he's going yeah. to become a high, a high powerful doctor and, and he has a whole vision of what his life is going to be and he's going to have the perfect you know wife on his arm and and she's going to look and sound and, and behave correctly in all of yeah. the tradition like what we were just saying about the way you're supposed to act when you hit a certain age right exactly this is exactly the conversation and so he's always like he's like well man, when are you going to stop wearing t-shirts and you know wear this dress or wear that like he's just not great and she eventually she kicks him to the curb because he's like yeah. well it's about time you stop working at your family's bar and, and you should instead get a real job and become serious like you should support my lifestyle yeah and he doesn't and take it well she's like fuck you bye 
So he pieces out. But she's living with those kind of thoughts in her head anyway, and she doesn't really want to take the jump mm-hmm. of trying out her artwork. So she keeps it to herself. She doesn't really talk about it. So the whole time she's hanging out with Mateo, she's drawing. And he can tell she's drawing on the tablet, but she hides it. She won't show him. And so what that morning after the failed spell, when he wakes up in her bed and, you know, she's out hanging out with her sisters making brunch or something, he snoops and he opens her tablet and yeah. he looks at her art and it's gorgeous and he loves it and he thinks it's beautiful and and she's very talented and he's an artist so he artists recognize Mm -hmm. art right he's not a you know he's not really into comic books she's introducing him but he's so he's not uh, an aficionado of that particular artwork but he does know what's good and what he Mm -hmm. what he sees and he has a friend who does comic style art so he brings it up to her a while and she just is like, no, I don't. I'm not any good. You don't know if I'm good or not. And he's just supportive from the very beginning mm-hmm. of trying to tell her she needs to publish and she needs to yeah. show the world it because it'll be great. And and by the end, you know, she has. She's she's using a... Co- she has her own booth at a... Yeah. Well, she, she starts out before the end and she starts out by putting it online and just mm-hmm. like self, like e-publishing, I guess that would be for a, a place... Indie, where- yeah. Yeah, indie she's an indie author. Pages yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. And she's already getting a following and she's got ideas to have them published and put in the shop of her favorite comic book store in town. And, and yeah, by the end, she's a, has a booth at essentially what sounds like a comic con or, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of event in New Orleans. And people are coming up and they love her work and she's getting a deal from a agent. Like it's yes. just, and he's there the whole time. He's like, Acting as I'm your her assistant, assistant today. He's supporting her. He's he's made a banner for her table, like one oh. of those pop-ups. He's just the most supportive, helpful, handsome boyfriend it in the world. Is so good. What is it? What is that new term that they use for the soft boyfriend? Cinnamon roll. Yeah, he is both. He fits in both of those roles. He fits the not the, the alpha and the cinnamon the, roll. Yeah, the alpha and the cinnamon roll. Because he, he has the two parts. Because he's got mm-hmm. the wolf inside him, which is not a cinnamon roll. We love no. alpha, but that dude's not a cinnamon roll. He is not. But he also has. He like Mateo, like the just human Mateo, just is the person. so nice, and that's what all of the witches—well, not all the witches, but her one sister who's more of an empath—is like. He's a good guy. Like that is yeah, a, that Clara. is a good guy. Mm-hmm. You know, I can tell. There's not a mean part of him. He's not nope. just a crazy ant. Everyone keeps calling him an animal on who's just waiting to break loose. And it's like, no, yeah. there's a lot of good in Mateo. And, and he doesn't do harm to anyone ever. He's such a good guy. Yeah, it's pretty great. I love that she wrote him like that. He's just, yeah, supportive the whole time. You don't, I mean, you get the nice guys in these books, but none to the extent of the things that he's done for Evie here. I don't know. It's different. I, th- I honestly think it's because they, they truly started off as friends and got to know each other. Yes. For the f- yes. for the first eight hours of the book. Yes. <laughs> That's the only timeline we have. But still. I it, mean, was, like, it was over a month. It was beautiful. It yes, was over it a month before they actually like Inst- did a date and then yes, like another Instead week like, or two before they had sex. Yeah. I mean, the attraction is always going to be there. But most of our books is two days. Bam. They're married and in love. <laughs> You know, this, this one, one gave took us a, a timeline. Whole month. This one took <laughs> Look, I'll take the month. I think it's awesome. I will it's too. Great. I fucking love. I told yeah. you, I I've never been jealous of a. Bo- I mean, I always I love them. I always am like, sure. yeah, I love this. That's so sweet. Oh, I would like that. Blah, blah. But no, I was seriously reading this book like jealous, like pissed off, <laughs> jealous. I was like, damn it. Why isn't that where the fuck is my Mateo? Yeah. <laughs> 
I open up Hinge and I'm like, none of you are Mateo. What the fuck is wrong with any of you? You should create a profile and be like, this is the man that you need to be. This is who I'm looking for. I'm looking for this one. And then like friend him and you're like, hey, I know this guy. I created him. Um, Uh, But anyway, that sounds healthy. I should do that. (laughs) Let's not do that, please. Oh, just that's a bad idea. I'm catfishing Uh, myself. (laughs) (laughs) Then we know we've got some true problems. (laughs) You might want to call someone Uh, when that happens. Uh, but this leads us to our kiss and tell then, which yeah. is about an ex or really just anybody in your life mm-hmm. who has somehow doubted your abilities or discredited your dreams or affected you in a way that you started to doubt yourself and maybe became less confident or you just changed in a negative way that has really impacted mm-hmm. the good things that you could be doing with your life or, you know, self-awareness and things like that. Do you want to start? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, shit, I've had it my whole life <laughs> with my family. With Yeah, w- w- not my immediate family. My parents have always been great. They've been real supportive of everything that I've done. And obviously, there are some things where they're like, no, you can't do that because of this and that. But they've never made me feel bad for being who I was. Mm-hmm. I have extended family that has always done that. Mm-hmm. And they still do to this day. And I've only let that affect me. Sometimes I think it affects me more when I see them do it to now the next generation of kids. Uh, when they say, when I see them say or do something about my niece's weight or about how another niece has tattoos or another niece has lots of boyfriends or whatever, like, fuck off. Just <laughs> let her live her life. She's not a bad, she's not out murdering people or not out being bums like all of my grandmother's boys. <laughs> That's right. I said it. Because I don't fucking care. (laughs) And there are other people in my life, too, where I thought there was a lot of support there. And I don't think that they understood me as well as I I felt like they should have or as well as I thought they did. And beginning to realize and understand that a lot of my misunderstanding of I would say I want to say language because I, I misinterpret a lot as far as the English language. Like, I'm an American, but I was raised by foreigners. So I have a lot, you know, Mm -hmm. like, language is hard for me. I think English is difficult language. It is. So my interpretation and understanding of a lot of things in certain contexts is not always read the same way. So I think then it's, then I fuck up. But I take it as a learning process. And I just have to, it is what it is. I can't change, nor do I want to change the way people think about me. You have an opinion about me and you can choose. It could be whatever opinion you want it to be. It does not affect my life. Mm -hmm. I don't care. I can move on from it. The ones that I do care about, obviously, are the people that I'm closest to. But Dan is super supportive of me. He's never made me feel dumb. He plays around with me a lot. And and honestly, that's that's what really matters most to me. And you and Emily are, are the greatest support systems that I have. And that's all. Honestly, that's all I need. And that's mm-hmm. all I want. I don't need validation from anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> and that's good. That's healthy. Yeah. But yeah, it's hard. It can be hard if someone doesn't... Mm encourage you and instead just tries to dissuade you from something Mm -hmm. like you know even if it's something maybe like like in the book clara cannot sing yeah she cannot sing she's terrible but she (laughs) loves to sing especially broadway show tunes around the house (laughs) and so all of her sisters just let her they don't say anything to her they don't say clara you can't sing because it makes her happy Yes. So they let her sing. <laughs> I love the sisters. 
Yeah, they're so great. But it's it's like that. Like you know, it's not harming anyone to let her sing or to let Evie be a comic, even if but, she wasn't yeah. good mm-hmm. at it. But she is good at it. Like it's just mm-hmm. I like discouraging people from stuff that they love to do is really unfortunate. I think I don't have anything really recent and nothing. Uh, from a partner per se, I, I've been kind of doing a lot of realization lately in my life that um, all of my past relationships, I never opened up or was emotionally vulnerable with any of my past boyfriends to the point where even if they had something negative to say, it would have <laughs> stuck, which is something that's kind of sad to realize. That, it's um, a bittersweet thing. <laughs> bittersweet. Because <laughs> I just... I. I it's something I'm really coming to understand about me and the way I've gotten into relationships for all of my past uh, relationships. I just never have been in them, in, in truth. So I don't really have that. There is one incident that kind of sticks out in my mind from elementary school. Okay. I was always a swimmer and a diver, and I was always like outside of school on swim teams, and and I had been doing a diving team, which was a special program because uh, it's not something you can just find at rec centers mm-hmm. and stuff. So I was in a special team program, and was doing diving. And I've never been tiny, but back in elementary school, I was not big, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. But I still thought I was because you know, you know, yes, at some because that's early. What they told us early yeah. point in our childhood every girl is told they are fat <laughs> at yes. some point um and you just assume that that's true mm-hmm. and so i was always kind of self-conscious about it but it came like it somehow it got shared in class that i would do diving and this one boy called me sumo high dive oh my god yeah. <laughs> whoa and uh that stuck for a long time i kind of quit diving for a while after that because it's <gasps> Man, oh. kids are fucking cruel. <laughs> yeah, they can be. And I know Whoa. it's not the same as like what's going on with this and Evie and this stuff, but you know, words words hurt. That whole rhyme we were always taught growing up, like sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And it's like, oh, yeah. that's the fucking wrong thing no. to say. Words are exactly the things that hurt. That is exactly what hurts. <laughs> I mean, sticks and stones as well. Well, as they words. do hurt too, but those things heal faster than words. <laughs> That's terrible. Isn't that awful? So I forgot about that. <laughs> it all of a sudden came to me. I was like, oh, that did happen. And I well, did stop diving for a while after that. And I was very self-conscious about it. And oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I know I didn't do it. I know that kid didn't. has lost his thumb. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, I have no idea. I've not stayed in touch or anything. But <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, it, it, little things like that will always affect you because they're always in the back of your mind Mm -hmm. you know for always i i've been i mean this is i've always had problems with like being positive not positive but like i never corrected people about how to say my name correctly Mm -hmm. it was always just kind of like oh i'm just gonna let them do that but it wasn't until i was an adult that i realized if they don't say my name correctly after knowing me for so long that means they truly don't give a shit about knowing me Mm mm-hmm so that to me, that's a discredit to who I am as a person because my name defines me. It's who I am. And if you don't want to take and the time to. It's often tied up in racism because it's like, yeah, ah, that's, that's hard. I don't want to try to say that. Yeah. I'll just going to call you Sarah, right? It's yeah. fine. <laughs> it's a bunch of white bullshit. <laughs> you know, look at what they're naming their kids now. That shit's not easy. Oh, boy. <laughs> Oh boy. If they can yeah. pronounce that. They can pronounce ethnic names. <laughs> <laughs> if 
you're gonna make me say that name just just try but just yeah try put in mm-hmm. effort to always try you, you mm-hmm. know no yeah. our tongues can't do every sound that other languages have but you have to try that's all yeah for sure mm-hmm. well, well cool cool that's good you yeah. know what never we never actually got down to like a sex scene oh it's we haven't talked an- about a sex scene well, we have it it's over an hour already dude <laughs> Guys, we talked about the like a fingering scene, and that was it. And I, we didn't even get into details about it. I mean, okay, they we did say that they finally we said they fucked, but we didn't talk yeah. about it. We I didn't can't talk about it. I don't want to. I just, you guys, it's hot as oh, it's so it's hot. hot. Shit, he takes it from behind, and you know that's our favorite. And I mean, we can't. We obviously cha- cannot give you the full thing. Changes but. position like three or four times. Yes. Oh no, no, no. The best one is where he. Goes down on her in his shop. Mm, the next morning where he's like, she's going to be too tired for me, but I'll give her an orgasm as she's about to yeah. leave. And I'm like, yep. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> yeah, because he said that she's going to, she's uh, too sore. She'll be too to sore from the yeah, numerous lovemaking <laughs> nine adventures times or the night before. Yes. Well, yeah, Alpha said it was nine and, and Mateo was like, oh, it wasn't really nine. <laughs> Like, oh, don't get so ahead good. of yourself, Alpha. But no, yeah, but they, I mean, and they've been waiting for it for so long that oh. it wasn't even nice. Like, and I'm not saying like it was aggressive or anything, but it was like pounding sex. Yeah. It was just good shit. And then to listen because it was from Aiden's point of view. Oh, fucking Jesus! Or not Aiden's point of view with <laughs> Mateo's Jesus. point of view with Aiden's voice. I know we're just gonna say that it's they're just the might same as well people. be. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> But it is, it, you're right. It's one of those ones that's like, we can't talk about no, it. No, you have to, you have to read, read it. It's worth the buildup of this. Because seriously, the second we hear Mateo, and I think he starts the book. We, we open he does. with Mateo. So the second we hear Aiden's voice, I was like, that's it. Oh my God, I need a sex scene now. Can I have a sex scene next, he... next chapter? Because <laughs> I just wanted to hear him read the sex scenes. And then I have like <laughs> 10 more Eight hours. hours to wait. <laughs> yes eight more hours to wait well to listen through and um it's okay they're all worth it like every single every single look between the two of them and joke and and teasing and yes to caress like he was so handsy when they went to the voodoo um festival yeah, and he's and just, just constantly like hand here hand there hand there. holding just yeah like, they're holding hands he's grabbing her her waist and her hips her and, hair her neck her yeah uh, yes fuck i just want the whole thing mm, so good yes i agree so you have to listen you have to read yeah. it and we're gonna read more and because now i want the whole series that's all i want to do yeah and it seems like it, there's going to be one book for each of the sisters that's my understanding yeah so that's cool I can't wait. I can't wait for Jules's. Jules's, she's my girl. <laughs> I, I do love, love Jules. Her. She does seem very much more closer to me than than uh, Evie. Oh yeah, like she's all buttoned up and has a has a you know organization business. and plan serious. and business and serious and yeah. don't let the chicken in the house. <laughs> she cooks to show her love because she's not very affectionate otherwise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, oh. Who are you talking about, Julia? That's a good- <laughs> How do you know me? Fucking A. <laughs> I didn't tell you any of that. Uh, 
she listens to our podcast and wrote about it. As I ha- I have homemade sourdough biscuits rising in the oven for tonight. <laughs> so we're going to get together. I'm like, what is yes. that about? Uh, subliminal messaging is yeah. what it is. Because I got up at six and made biscuits so I could share them <laughs> with my friends because I love them. Oh, it's awesome. <laughs> Oh, that's good. Do you have a fun fuck fact for us? Oh, I do. So kind of what we talked about a little bit in the book is how this is one of our favorite wolves. We really did get away from wolves for like whole years went by without us reading werewolves. And part of that problem was we were reading older werewolf books Mm -hmm. and they were too aggressive for us. We really were struggling with that whole like, I'm alpha. I have to chase you down and force you to submit to me or I won't be able to live with myself um (laughs) even here like alpha does say something similar to that in her head but but he's not he's just like i just need you to understand i would like we got to start this one the first one's got to be you being submissive and she's she'd already read a bunch of werewolf books and she's like i'll submit and then the next time like he flips her over and he makes her ride him so he's not he's not total control freak alpha no so he, it, he's, he's actually really funny and very nice. He's great. <laughs> he's um, great. But all those previous ones we read, we struggled with because they were kind of like that. And it was not mm-hmm. our not not our favorite thing. Well, I think we've seen some of the newer stuff is changing in the way they format werewolf and werewolf behavior. And I had this memory and I found a bit of an article that kind of coincides with this memory. Mm-hmm. But there was a study done along like in the 90s about wolf behavior and it really hinged on it built everything on this alpha wolf and a pack mentality and kind of seemed like explained what the socialization social structure of wolves were and that study became so well known in pop culture or you know just culture like people knew it and they would use it to reference humans and you know like the idea that there are alpha men and beta males and mm-hmm. the beta males never get the girls because the alpha men take them all. You know, all this bullshit is actually <laughs> turns out it's not true. So there's some newer wolf study and, and you know, research and living with the wolves and watching them that they've kind of come up with the idea that there really is no alpha wolf. That the entire mm-hmm. thing is wrong. And that article, that, that research, that book was written really did a disservice in labeling this really strict hierarchy of wolf structure, wolf social structure that doesn't actually exist. And so that's maybe why we're seeing some newer wolves come around as people realize, oh, we shouldn't try mm-hmm. to make all of our guys like these wolves that that's not even how wolves behave. Right. So there's an article here on gizmodo.com and it's called Why Everything You Know About Wolf Packs Is Wrong <laughs> by Lauren Davis. It was written in 2013, so it's not the newest article. I found another one, but I didn't like it as much, so I'm going to s- share this one instead. But that's that's what yeah. it is. It's, you know, it's not, it goes into a lot. I'm not going to, because it's all sciencey about some shit. But basically the idea isn't that there's a, a, a pack, a, a with, pack an alpha. with an alpha. It's more that there's a breeding pair and they're pups. <laughs> there's not other strange unrelated wolves that, that travel with them. So there mm-hmm. doesn't need to be like one man in charge and then the, the structure of his, you know, seconds or whatever. That's not, that's not how the wolves really work. No, it's just another label that, that society wants to put on, <laughs> on wolves. 
on wolves, but then more importantly, they want to try to use it to explain human behavior. Well, they're they're just behaving like tap dog males. And it's like, well, if that's not even true in wolf society. No, they don't even act like that. Then it's not real in human world. So, And they bring that to light in this book. Because Mateo's like, actually, wolves are loners usually. Mm -hmm. And I am a lone wolf. I'm one of those lone wolves. Yeah. So it's cool. So yeah. It's a great break to a, a trope, but that is why we love this book because we do. And yeah, I extra love it because of that aspect because I haven't found that wolf yet that I really love. No, he's this mm, Mateo. He's going to he's really in the top running for best so guy. Good. <laughs> yeah. So good. All right. Well, let's rate this thing and uh then we'll go we'll, we'll we'll close out. Yes, let's do it. All right. So you got yours? I've got mine. I have a feeling I know what yours is. Okay, what are we doing? Sex book? Book sex? Sex book. We'll just say it one right after the other. Ready? Yep. One, two, three. Nine. Nine, ten. Nine. <laughs> <laughs> you almost said it and then you went for it. Yay! <laughs> I'm so glad you did. I'm I really so love this. Did. I, no, it was good. I, I just, and I had it on our list forever. I wanted us to mm-hmm. read this for so long. I'm so happy. <laughs> Me too. I'm so happy. I, I only, the only reason I gave it a nine and I didn't yeah. get a 10 for the sex was because I wanted more. Oh, a hundred percent. That is all. Yeah. That is all. I, you don't get a 10 unless I get more sex. <laughs> yeah. One and a half scenes is not enough. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I'm sorry. And like fucking bonus. I'll give you an 11 if you give me a whole bunch of sex and a masturbation scene. Oh, that yeah. Is no. fucking beautiful. The, the masturbation scene is 100% yes. necessary. Mm-hmm. 100. <laughs> Especially with a dude like this. Oh. Yeah. He did he did stroke it a couple times like their first uh, yes, sexual encounter right. when he was and he, did he it stripped in front real of her. fast and she was yeah. still in her dress and he's walking towards her like yeah, stroking his pumping his, it and oh. she's a little oh and she's oh all gosh. like just looking at it like oh my god. Yes. He, he's like oh my god, you're right. Take off your is. dress. Mm. Oh, I for, I forgot he did that. That was fucking sexy. It was shit. sexy as hell. He just wow. Oh. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, oh, that's the other thing. The number of times <laughs> where she would see his forearms and just be like, why am yes. I such a whore for forearms? Forearm veins. She, and, yeah, she was talking about like porn for forearm veins forearm or forearm porn? I need yes. that subscription. And I was like, oh, oh, can I have that subscription? Yes, I need that subscription Why as are well. men's arms the goddamn hottest? We talk about that all the time. They're so and it's, pretty. It's the, it's the truest thing. I don't know. They're just I don't know what so it is. much strength in them and they're beautiful. Yes. It's why we don't need men to be naked. We just need their arms. I just need their forearms. That's it. And a nice, like, like, fitting jean on the ass. Yes. And a ball gag so that he'll shut the hell up. Yeah, if you could be quiet a bit. (laughs) Actually, Mateo was totally fine. I was okay with him talking. He talked a bit, but not too much. It wasn't too, it wasn't too bad. I think it was, I think it's just because it was Aiden talking. It was Aiden, and I was like, I will let Aiden talk to me during sex. (laughs) I don't give a fuck. Tell me all just, you want. In fact, don't shut up. Just keep talking. Here's the Denver Post. Read me the classical. Into my vagina, please. <laughs> <laughs> just, just read it there. Yes. That's awesome. <laughs> just like lay in bed and put your phone next to your vagina. <laughs> uh. 
that's when we know we need help. Oh, yeah. We do. We do. Mm. All right. Cool. Well, for our next book, friends. Let's move on. We are going to be reading More Than Human by Heather Ashbury. And for this one, we're just going to say we hope to do an interview with Heather. We'll see how it goes. So... Yeah. Uh, you know, we just, we can never tell. So nope. it, it's, it's kind of hard. Timing to life is hard to plan sometimes. It is. And you guys know that we, we record really early, early on before these episodes are yeah. produced and, and not, or not produced. What are they called? Published. Released. Released. Thank you. Yeah. So, and, and I'm sorry. If you guys hear coughing in the background, that is my kid. He is homesick. And trust me, he doesn't hear any, the bad stuff that's happening. <laughs> In my corner he, of the world. He did not hear me say, please read that <laughs> newspaper into my vagina. <laughs> yes. So I'm keeping it a, a little bit more PC. I'll let Kalina do the talking because it's needed. Yep. So yeah, join us for that More Than Human by Heather Ashbury. Yes. And in the meantime, we really would love to hear from any of you. Please reach out to us on social media. We are Shh Dirty Books on Instagram, Facebook. Technically, we're still on Twitter. Although, with all the shit happening with Twitter, we might reevaluate that choice. Uh. It's not that we actively use Twitter anyway, so <laughs> it wouldn't hurt no. our brand all that much. Our aggregator does it for us. Does it even matter, right? <laughs> but anyway, or you can email us directly at shdirtybooks at gmail.com. And in all those places, it is sh- with three H's. And you can visit us on our website at shdirtybooks.com. And most places that you could find podcasts, if you guys can rate, review, subscribe, that'd be really great. Thank you, Jim Townsend, for the music. And with that, we'll say goodnight. This is Saylet. And this is Kalina. And we'll see you later. Bye. Bye. Yeah, you've been listening to Shh, Reading Dirty Books with Galena and Saylette. Be sure to tune in to the next episode. Get some more of your dirty books read to you. And if you're listening on a format that allows you to give a rating, please do that for them. <laughs>